0: Listen, I'm going to say this. I'm going to hope I'm wrong and I'm going to hope you're right.
1: Well, there you have it. Welcome back, everybody, to a special bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast and as we've been doing with these weekly bonus editions we've just been kind of taking some time out to talk about things that are of interest to sam and i since we have shows chocked full of guests um sometimes we don't always get to talk about the things we want to talk about or just take a moment to ourselves. so
0: Or offer as much of our opinion on something.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be upfront and say when I edit the shows, a lot of the editing is me taking us out of the show to make okay. the uh, the guests the center of it. So, you know, to the extent you're interested in hearing our opinions, this is a place for us to do that. And today we thought we'd talk about kind of what's going to make us feel safe cruising again. We are avid cruise enthusiasts and we do love cruising, but, you know, there's been a lot of talk out there. I know Scott Sanders over at his blog has been diligently cataloging each and every one of the comments that are being referred to this the CDC is a part of their rulemaking for lifting the or not lifting the no sale order. I know the no sale order has been extended out until October 31st, which is causing a lot of speculation in the community. And there's been a lot of reports that the White House is really pushing to get the cruise industry back up and running by November 1. You know, but look, European cruise lines are already sailing. There's reports out of Europe of what MSC cruises has been up to, and they've had several successful sailings. There was a little blip last week where there was a cruise that had a little bit of an outbreak, but then it turned out that it was not the case. It turned out that in fact, it was all false positives aboard ship. So, you know, they've got some successful cruises under their belt with the restrictions they have. I know CLIA released their recommendations to the CDC over what will get them sailing again. And, you know, there's some differences between what Europe has been up to and what CLIA is recommending, I think. Most notably, I think that uh, in Europe, they're doing a lot of pre boarding rapid testing. It's not clear to me exactly where the cruise industry here in the US is coming down on sort of rapid tests. There's, I think, uh, the US has had its own challenges in terms of availability availability of testing, although accuracy. Although I've heard from listeners and others on social media that, you know, their kids are at schools and colleges where they are doing lots of testing every week. I think one of the key differences is the U.S. cruise lines are saying... You have to have a COVID test within the last 72 hours before you can board, like a negative COVID test unless I think it's 48 or 72 hours before you can board. Whereas in Europe, I think what they're saying is take a test when you get to the port and we're going to tell you whether you can get on the ship. And there's Mm -hmm. been kind of reports of people waiting to board, watching people plucked out of their their boarding group who, you know, presumably not passed the test or going in for a second round of testing. But. I don't know. Let me just stop there and say, Sam, what's gonna make you feel comfortable sailing again? Like let's start with comfort versus what's yeah. gonna what like are are you gonna sail? Like what would make you comfortable if someone said, You're going on a cruise vacation, here's what they're gonna do for you.
0: I want the rapid test before you get on the ship. I'm not sure that I well, one, we know that it that it takes time for a test to be positive. So even that's not a hundred percent protecting, but the 72 hour, you know, if you sort of say, oh, it needs to be, you have to have a test in the last 72 hours, that, that seems, you know, at a higher level of risk. So either, either that or widely available vaccine and anyone who's getting on the ship has to have been vaccinated unless they have some, you know, like a medical exception to the, to being vaccinated. And then if they have a medical exception to being vaccinated, I want a negative COVID test. So yeah, I mean, I, I think sort of the, the vaccine or, or the test to me would make me feel comfortable right now. I'm not sure I would feel comfortable without those things because, you know, the numbers almost everywhere up you know, in the U.S. and now the numbers are on the rise again in Europe. And so Europe seemed to be doing quite a bit better than than the U.S. was. I think they had more compliance with mask wearing and social distancing. And, you know, some of these things are sort of cultural, cultural barriers that we have in the U.S. to some of these things, which to me is, you know, doesn't make sense, but it is what it is. But yeah, so I would I want to see testing or vaccination.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm looking at this from sort of two standpoints. What's what's going to what's going to make me go back on a cruise is different for me than what would make me feel safe on a cruise. So, and I think there's, for me, different points in time, like what would make me feel safe on a cruise right now is lots of mask wearing and social distancing and, you know, being served at a buffet and reduced capacity and, you know, temperature checks and that sort of stuff. For me, that's a different question than what's going to make me cruise again. Because for me, they also, the big question mark is, like getting there, right? We don't right. live we right. live we live near Seattle. So we could take an Alaska cruise during the Alaska season, although those have all been canceled, you know, and the Alaska season is now over. So we'd be talking about next year when hopefully things are a little bit more back to normal anyway. But if we had cruises regularly leaving from Seattle and I could drive to the port, I might be much more apt to hop on a cruise with certain safety protocols in place.
0: Mm, That's a good point.
1: But I think for me, the big question mark for a trip to Disney or a trip to Disney Cruise is getting there. Like the airports, the airlines, different airlines are taking different approaches to blocking or not blocking middle seats right now. I think Alaska Airlines, which is the one that we like to fly, is mostly blocking middle seats or still blocking middle seats. Well, I know that some of the other airlines have said, you know, "Eh, we're going to start going back to full capacity again. So, yeah, I mean, there's that for me. But I think the, the big question mark in my mind is, what's the experience going to be like? Because yeah. especially for a Disney cruise, which is what we like to take, paying a lot, paying a lot of money for, you know, a certain kind of experience and atmosphere on the ship, like character greetings and Broadway shows and, you know, dining experiences and just, just a whole bunch of things that get added into the Disney cruise experience that, you know, one, I don't think they're going to be there or they're not going to be there in the same way they were before. Yeah. And, and two, you know, just setting that aside on any cruise, how comfortable are you going to get? Like, I mean, this is supposed to be a vacation and sort of right now it's like any, an encounter you have could be deadly. I mean, it's yeah, so I like, mean,
0: I'll, I'll- You know, I listen, our essential workers and people, people who have to go into work every day right now have to wear masks all day and I I give them, you know, a ton of credit for doing that. And obviously healthcare workers are are used to that. I, I in particular, don't find mask wearing very comfortable. I absolutely do it anytime I'm out of the house that I'm going to be in contact with any other person outside of my family. But I'm not sure I really want to go on a vacation where I do have to wear. I mean, maybe that will be, maybe I'll just have to suck it up and get used to that. And maybe that's what our future looks like. I'll be honest in saying it's not really what I want from my, my vacation and, you know, I'm during this quarantine period, we're just really staying at home. I mean, I, I go to the store. Of course, I wear a mask to the store where, like I said, I wear a mask anywhere that I'm going to be in close contact with anyone who's not a part of our family, but it's not what I envision for a vacation and sitting on an airplane for six hours, you know, to Florida wearing a mask is not, you know, my idea of fun. And I think it will be, well, our son is, is compliant for the most part with masks. Wearing he continuously has only had to wear, he's had to wear a mask for longer continuous periods than you and I have had to. And so, but I don't know about six hours in one, well, and you or know, a full day at the parks or something in one.
1: Well, or, and my biggest problem right now is if I wear a mask, my glasses fog up, yep. and I know there's ways yeah. to take care of that, but it's like it, it's just it's not, I guess, sitting aside the inconvenience. Right of a mask. For me, it's about the psychological state of I'm wearing a mask because there's a dangerous element to the activity that I'm engaging in, which right now includes going out in public. Right. Which makes it
0: less fun, right? Like if you're, if you're worried, if you're constantly worried, if we're on a vacation and we're constantly worried about exposure and getting sick, like that's not going to be as fun as if we were able to be on a vacation and not worry about those things. Right. And so whether that means Masked or unmasked, right? Like even if I even if the new normal was I had to wear a mask, but I but I wasn't really scared of getting this horrible virus because there was really good treatment out there, or or because I was vaccinated or something like that. That to me would still like the discomfort of the mask sort of being set aside. Like that's a different feeling than when we're you know worried because none of us have gotten this virus. Now to be fair, neither Brian nor I nor our son are in a high risk category, uh, and so God forbid we. One of us gets sick. Our prognosis is probably better.
1: Well, but that's the problem is you don't know. This is a roulette. Exactly. It's a roulette wheel illness. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, even if. even they don't know
1: what the long-term effects are. And I'm like, I'm a runner. And like, I don't want to have to.
0: Yeah, even I don't if, have
1: to like stop running because my lung function isn't.
0: Right. Even if the odds are in our favor, it's not, it's not a,
1: not a risk I it's want not to take. Risk,
0: exactly. It's yeah. not,
1: it's not the dice I want to roll. Well, and it's not, you know, like I, I actually also view this just through an economic lens of it's not the way I want to spend my vacation dollar, right? right like or vacation, my, time. vacation time is like, you know, I'm, I'm in a setting that's potentially at a heightened risk. I can't relax anyway. I might as well just be at home watching a movie on my couch and it's not a disney cruise and it's not where i want to be but i would rather wait for the experience not to be compromised i keep talking in terms of like compromised experiences so i also just wonder about like yeah, the itineraries right i mean like in the beginning i i, I see lots of people who really want to rush back or like anxious like they want to be on that first sailing and i i, mean, I hear you and and i'm i'm a big proponent of you got to do you right now like what makes you safe great with one exception in my mind like i am sort of i am not i have no patience for people who won't wear masks right like that's just i that it's my own personal line in the sand. Like I, if, if you want to go the other direction, wear a mask and a face shield, you're not going to hear any argument from me. I've got, you know, people that I work with who, you know, are letting packages sit for 48 hours in their garage before they even touch them. They won't order takeout food. I, you know, that's not where we fall on the spectrum, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sort of disagree with them on that. And so anyway, I, I just, what I, what I'm concerned about is like the itinerary. Is it just going to be like pork and Avril, the castaway key? Cause uh, you know, like, like we prefer a longer cruise. We prefer a seven night cruise. And if it's a three night cruise, again, it's a lot. Maybe we have
0: to do two cruises then. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, but, but it's a lot, yeah. and,
1: you know, yeah. then you, you add the, the thing in of like, okay, well, we were on the ship with this group of people and now they're all getting off and right. we're staying on a new group of new people. Group, is coming right. on. It's like,
0: more exposure. Yeah. Yeah. More so potential
1: exposure. Yeah. It, I, I have a hard time sort of in the near term imagining Cruising, but we are avid cruisers. We love cruising, and maybe, if, maybe if it was just the two of us and it wasn't our son, I could maybe wrap my head around it. But you know, dragging him across country to get on a cruise—it's uh, just I, I just don't. know. I can't in the short term see us hopping on a cruise ship. I think in the midterm, like you know, let's say we get to a point where there's been a vaccine announced, some people have gotten it, cruising is back up and running, there's protocols in place. For me, it shifts from a place of. Personal safety. Then, at that point, to a place of is the value proposition still there? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, you know. no, that's a, that's a good point. You've got to sort of and and that decision, to be fair, is going to be different for every oh, person. 100%. And so, you know, for those of you listening to us, th- this is you know, there. I don't I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer. Everybody's got to live with their own comfort level, and you know, and with their own wallet, of course, as well. And so, you know, we're not saying. To other people who are going, for example, to dis we've, we've interviewed a bunch of people who've gone to the parks and, and we're not, you know, we're not trying to say anything negative about their choices. Like, it seems like if anything, the being on Disney property seems like one of the safest places to be just the precautions that are in place. yeah. But a I lot of it clear, is about yeah. the if, comfort level of, of the travel, you know, for us coming from across the country.
1: Well, and I want to be clear, like there's like, if I'm going to vacation anywhere, like if somebody told me you have to take a vacation and you have to leave your house, right. then I'd be like, OK, well, I'm okay. headed to Disney because <laughs> I know that they can they can handle the situation. Right. They're being very, very cautious. I think even in the wake of the announcements around Florida saying that they're going to broadly reopen things or that they want to reopen things. Disney has sort of said that may not be what we do. And so like, right. I, they I
0: may not re- restart the shows. They may, you know, the. Well, they've
1: already said they've basically said like crowd capacities are not going like they're not going to just be like, okay we're back to 100 percent capacity just because the state said we could.
0: I mean, even sort of do, do reopening parades or the shows or things like that, like they may take longer before they, you know, scale back to sort of closer to normal operations, not just capacity wise, but sort of what what things you can do in the parks. I think that they they will if they're smart, which I think they are. They will take a more cautious approach than the other, the rest of Florida, and maybe then even than other theme but, parks in Florida.
1: But to your point, like I'm not. I think people can make whatever decision they want to make right now about whether to take this trip. And I'm, I'm actually like, it's, if there are people out there who want to take these trips, who want to get on Disney cruise line sailings, as soon as they get back up and running, like more power to you. I, it's a non-zero risk, but I also think that if anyone's going to get this right, Disney is going to do its best to get it right. I think the whole cruise industry has to get it right or else, you know, Yeah, or just, the
0: publicity will be, yeah. it could kill, listen, it, it could but I, but kill the cruise them, industry I, if they did it, if they reopen, they do it wrong. The American cruise industry. But
1: I, w- but I want them to, I, I want folks to go cruising. Because, you know, like the announcements this week that they laid off 20,000 cast members, like I'm not happy about that. Like no, that's awful. the cast is what makes the experience. And so now I'm sort of, cu- you know, curious, what is the experience going to be like when we finally do go back to the parks They're down 20,000 staff members? Right. Um, well, and,
0: and experienced, you know, cast members. That's the other thing is that, listen, if they even if things get back to sort of more normal operations, and they need to ramp up hiring. Are they going to be having to hire all brand new people versus being able to, you know, are the people that have now been laid off, are they going to be available or they may have found other jobs, right? right? Like, so, I mean, not that new cast members can't, trained to be wonderful, but there's, you know, there's a lot of really long-standing cast members, uh, particularly at Disneyland, you know, people who've, who've been there 20, 30, 40 years even. And so you don't want to lose some of the that yeah, institutional but I, think, I think some of the
1: decisions here were made based on seniority. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure, sure. I'm I'm not sure. sure that they're going to, but I mean, for me, the things I saw coming out that were more concerning were like laying off Imagineers. Right. I mean, like that's the heart and soul of Disney is imagineering. And so what does that mean for new rides for the next five years, new attractions, new shows, new things, laying off entertainers and performers who've been there
0: forever? Be interesting. Oh yeah. Entertainers. Some of the, there was one entertainer. I can't remember. Or Yeehaw uh, Bob who's been around forever. Yes. Is is not Saw that on Twitter. Yeah. So yeah, a bunch of um, performers who have essentially been let go, who won't, you know, who won't be returning or at least. Not the orchestra soon. from
1: the Grand Floridian, which got moved into someplace in Epcot, which I'm forgetting, but yeah, I mean like.
0: Well, I wonder what it also means for the Epcot, you know, revitalization. That's what I'll call the refurbishment of most of Epcot, right? I mean, I don't know if they're still doing, if they've been doing construction or if they, re- I'm sure they restarted construction at some point, but I wouldn't be surprised if as a cost saving men- measure that Disney scraps some of the plans, probably not anything that was actually under construction, but stuff that was planned for you know, a start construction well, a year or two I, I from think, now.
1: I think what it'll mean is a lot of this stuff gets you know. I think the terminology they use is value engineered. It's going to give it's gonna get it value on the back burner. It's going to be value engineered, and they'll build it in a way that they can come back five years from now, and they've right. got more money in the bank and put that thing in that they were going to put in, but they don't have time for it now. So it's, right.
0: they don't or they won't invest in it now because they because they're not making the kind of money. I mean, listen, they've got they've got Disney World in the U.S. They've got Disney World open, and certainly Disney World is a bigger money maker than. Disneyland yeah, but in I gotta California. Believe, I got to believe
1: they're, they're probably breaking even at best right. no, no, out I, of Disney abso- World right yeah, now. Yeah, I
0: mean, absolutely. They don't have all the resorts open. They don't, you know, the their limited capacity at the parks. Well, they don't have water but, parks open. I but mean, it's also
1: sort of what does it mean for the longer term? strategy of disney like they're still building the star wars hotel like that's weird to me a little bit like i would invest more in the park operations things that are going to like benefit more visitors but fine but you know the theme parks a lot of times and the movies have synergy and i think at some level the theme parks help fund the movie making and the movie making helps fund the theme parks like they're not filming a lot right now uh, well, There are some yeah. <laughs> filming
0: going on in other countries but yeah
1: but no but, you're yeah, right i mean like the the whole the whole brand is going to have a really rough time for well, the next several years. listen they
0: did they scrapped uh the reflex, reflections uh <laughs> the senior citizen home
1: or the rehab resort. Or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah reflections people, like everybody likes to but they're to still joke. full steam ahead on the disneyland resort and disneyland the new yeah. disneyland dvc tower and Disneyland's not even open right now yeah I mean, the entire I mean, 65th anniversary of disneyland is
0: I know, gone, missed basically. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, I think the the places, they don't need it. The, the point I think with Disney, with scrapping reflections is they really don't need another resort at Disney World, right? So that's an e- sort of an easy scrap versus at Disneyland. They do really need, uh, they need more DVC rooms. And so when I say need, I mean, if they're at full capacity, full park capacity, they, they have enough demand to fill those rooms, right? So that's, I think, where... Where the sort of the, well, the line gets reached as to what to keep, what to keep. But, but to bring this
1: back to, so we start off Even with the what cruise would, line, you know, right? They start off with what would get us cruising again. We've veered off into the financial yeah, yeah. implications for Disney. But I mean, to bring this back full circle, what I'm sort of concerned about is what's Disney Cruise Line going to be value engineering, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, they've got yeah. one they've got ship under construction, I think. I think they've actually, actually laid the keel work or whatever it is for that ship two more ships slated in a brand new island they're supposed to be building out so like what's it gonna look like um you know after all of this like is there in fact two more ships coming like you know and so i
0: I think that two more ships are still gonna come because they're far enough in the future Right. From when, from today, they're still far enough in the future. And because making
1: the money today to pay for them them. later. No, I know. I know. You're not. I know. I I
0: hear you on that. I just think Disney does have a lot of money. I think every, all three ships, I think are going to be delayed, but I do think that all three ships are going to come because when you look at Disney cruise line as compared to the other cruise lines, they have so much, so, so fewer number of ships that assuming that the cruising restarts at some point in, in the future or some point I say in the next year, the demand will still be there for Disney cruise line. Right. And, and there's still only four ships right now. So I, I think, I don't think they're going to scrap the ships, but what I am concerned about is are they going to skimp on some of the features that you yeah, on those ships and are they going to skimp on those dry docks that they're, I think doing right now, or at least on a few of the ships they went to dry dock in France. They're
1: all, well, they're all getting, they're all getting dry docked right now. And the speculation around that is that then they don't have to pull them out of service later right, once cruising course. returns because these it's, other ships would be slated for dry dock maybe next year or a right. year after. Let's just do it now. No, and, it makes
0: complete sense. It was, it was actually a very, very smart economic move for Disney to pull is that if the ships can't sail anyway, rather than having them just sit and sail, right? But, um, but to
1: your point to your point if they do it now yeah. what, are what are they not doing that doing? they would have done two years from now right. we're in a so year or- so now you're waiting four or five years for that to happen right. or maybe even longer right. i um, bet there's
0: i bet there are planned upgrades that they um, to those ships that they have scrapped and again to the new ships there were probably design ideas that perhaps they are you know deciding to things that might be more expensive that they're deciding you know to forego or or to postpone and I, I'm guessing we'll see sh- two ships or three ships that are more that are closer to the dream and the fantasy without as many extra features as they maybe were planning right,
1: so before. Let's, let's do our own rapid fire here, really quick. Two questions on rapid fire. Right. So when is Dis- when do you think Disney is going to start sailing again?
0: Um, this is
1: total speculation. Just these are
0: guesses. Guesses. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say Disney's going to start sailing again in. I'm going to say late January.
1: 20. Oh, I think that's late.
0: Okay. Well, listen, this is, uh, this is uh, my speculation. I'm going to say late January. Um, we've got, what is that? There's a MLK holiday in late, jan- mid or late January. Um, I'm going to say around MLK day is when we're going to see Disney cruise line start cruising again. And I don't think we're going to see all four ships cruising at once. I think we're going to, that's when it's going to start and it's going to be a phased and by maybe the end of, um, I don't know, February, maybe all four
1: ships. I think that if the hype is to be believed, I don't think Disney will be first to start sailing again if the no-sale order gets lifted on November 1. I, I just don't think that they're going to want to be the first out of the gate. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to let agree. a carnival and a royal test this stuff out and see what happens. But I think they will make preparations to start sailing again. And I think that they will be sailing by the end of November or early December with one or two ships making runs back and forth to Castaway Key. I think that's, that's the most likely scenario. And then they will start to ease back into... Other markets, I think, you know, it could mean that there's no New Orleans sailings this year. It could mean that. Galveston is limited, you know, that's right. It could just
0: be out of Florida. It could be
1: out of uh, Fort Lauderdale in Miami or not, sorry, uh, out of Port Canaveral, Miami for a while. I, so yeah, I think, I think I could see them sailing toward the end of November, early December, but you're talking one or two ships making runs back and forth to Castaway Key on cruises that are no longer than four or five days. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to agree with you on, on that point, which is the sailing just to Castaway Key and and back and maybe in shorter cruises. I I agree. I think the test cruises and I I wouldn't be surprised if when they start sailing if they have like a full day in between disembarkation and new cruisers uh, coming on the ship because um, they're gonna wanna go through a more thorough cleaning process than they than they mm-hmm. normally do.
1: I don't know that they'll change. I, I think you could see later disembarkations, um, or sorry, l- later embarkation days. Like So I, I don't think there'll be much the changes there. I think they'll wander around with backpacks full of cleaning solution and hose the rooms yeah, down. Yeah, so, maybe, I don't know. So like, I mean, we've seen pictures of that on some of the MSC cruises. So I'm not sure that that will change much. Last rapid fire question is when do you think we will sail on a Disney cruise again? We've got a February cruise out of New Orleans, a July 4th cruise, which I think uh, July 4th cruise, we've got our out of Port Canaveral. Port Canaveral, we've got our uh September cruise out of the UK and we've got the November Thanksgiving Castaway Key Double Dip Extravaganza and then we got a river cruise on ABD next December. Okay. Which one of those do you think will cruise on and which one do you think will be the closest to normalcy?
0: Okay. I'm thinking that February is not happening at all and so February is going to get completely scrapped. That's my prediction. My prediction about July is it's going to happen. There is that cruise is going to happen in July and then we will have to make a decision about whether or not we feel comfortable because I'm not sure that vaccines are going to be widely available yet. I do think there will be a vaccine by then, though, and that's why I think cruising for sure will have restarted before that time and that that cruise, you know, hopefully all of the ships would be sort of up and running and back on their normal itineraries by then. However. I want to put this out there that that September cruise that we have, and I'm going to be a pessimist about this. I really want that cruise to happen because we're supposed to be celebrating my birthday on that cruise. Um,
1: birthday deferred, in fact. Birthday deferred.
0: Yeah. My my birthday's coming up in a, just a couple of weeks here. Um, and so we were supposed to go this year and it's a big one. And so I think that there's a good chance that cruise is in Europe out of Dover. I think there's actually a good chance that that cruise that the European cruises on the American cruise lines will get
1: canceled. I, I, so.
0: Or, or we will sort of be like Americans may not be able to go over there. And so those, that's uh, why they get no, canceled.
1: So I, I think the timeline here is by some point in January, they'll announce a safe and effective vaccine. It'll take through to early summer for that to get into widespread circulation mm-hmm. globally. And so look, I think February cruise, I think I give a coin flip over whether that cruise happen. actually, no, I, I would say that cruise doesn't happen the way it's booked. I think what happens is there is a cruise around that time, right on that ship, yeah, that but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the one that we booked. And so we'll either get the option of booking onto the new cruise or getting the 125% cruise credit or a refund. Like that's my guess. July, but will happen. It will have still in place restrictions because the vaccine won't be widespread enough, although I think that there is a chance that it could get widespread enough and that there could be effective treatments in place that they'll start to relax some of those restrictions at that point. I think September happens because I think by the time you hit September, the vaccine will be widespread enough. Europe will have lifted its um, restrictions on travel. I, I think you're getting to a point in time where things will have started to return to normal, at least you won't have like fourteen day quarantine period, quarantine periods if you're traveling into into Europe. I think there's a lot that hinges on an election here, and I don't want to dive into politics about it. But you know, I, but I think that by September the cruise, that cruise will happen. I think that cruise will look mostly normal. There may be like some temperature checks and some heightened screening and that sort of stuff, or maybe you need a COVID test uh, before you board. But I, I, I have a feeling that will happen. I don't, I don't think it will be as restricted on international travel at that point.
0: Well, listen, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna hope I'm wrong. And I'm going to hope you're right.
1: Well, there you have it. Well, I do hope I'm right. I hope that we are back sailing sooner rather than later. Uh, Especially hope that the cruise that Sam and I want to take in September celebrating her birthday actually happens. We had to defer it by a whole year because of COVID. And um, I I know it's especially important to her to get a chance to celebrate that sort of milestone birthday that she's going to have. And so I'm kind of bummed we didn't get to do it this year. I hope things have improved enough that we can do it next year and that we don't have to punt it out yet another year. Uh, Again, I hope we're back sailing soon. I know there are people out there who really want to make the choice to head out sailing as soon as possible. And if you do, we'd love to talk to you. It's not something I think that we're going to be able to do just based on our own circumstance, but these decisions are super personal. Plenty of people going to the parks right now. Plenty of people we've talked to have had perfectly safe experiences at the parks. You know, for us, it's just not something we can really risk. But if you do decide to sail and you're on one of those early sailings, we would love to hear from you. So reach out to us and let us know once those ships are back up and running. We want to hear what the experience is like. With that, I do want to thank everyone for listening to our bonus episode again this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast Podcast, you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are really helpful in making the show more visible to folks who might be looking for our content. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. The DCL Duo podcast and blog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely the those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the walt disney company or disney cruise line if you have a question about a disney cruise or a walt disney vacation please contact disney directly or your own travel agent thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous disney adventure with the dcl duo good night